All right, welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season two, episode 2.07. Today we're looking into the sixth question of the Know They Self series, what are your magnets? My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the Lord of the Rings-loving director of Rekindling. <laughs> and my name is Zach Rios, and I'm a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. Do you not love Lord of the Rings? I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Shut up! No, I honestly have not seen any of them. Man, I almost want to stop the podcast right now and just talk about that a little bit. That's going to take me a little bit to mentally process through. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. I haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen any of the Harry Potters, save I think I've seen the second and third Hobbit, but I don't know if that counts. Um, I have friends dedicated to changing that, though. Man, I've got so many questions. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to stay focused. So, yeah. Um, so staying focused, try not to squirrel too much. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I did not know that. So give us um, – and so I can't ask you to give us a, a recap in Cinderin. Cinderin is one of the elven languages that, that Tolkien came up with. But I would be unable to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, in English, yep. go ahead and give us a quick summary of the last episode um, talking about strengths and weaknesses. English I can do. So what we talked about with strengths and weaknesses is we really began to discuss uh, three different layers to that issue. Mm -hmm. And so the first one that we talked about is natural talents. And so those are those skills and strengths that you were born with uh, that are really just genetic. And so that's the type of thing when someone asks you, how do you do that? And you're just, I don't know. I just... Just right. do. Um, and then there's also spiritual gifts. And so the, and those are strengths that the Holy Spirit gave you once you became a believer. And they're tied to the kingdom building and um, just more of that. How how are the things that you've been wired with? How are they used for more kingdom work type mm -hmm. things? And then lastly, we discussed the core weaknesses in muddy fields, which we talked about a whole lot in episode 1.07. Right. Um, and those are just those core deep struggles that you have and that you'll continue to wrestle with. And so what we did is we took those three main ideas and then we really began to put it together. And so, like, for example, one of the things that we talked about was how your weaknesses directly counter your strengths. And so mm -hmm. what does that even mean? And then talk through the implications and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, um, the first three questions, the, the beliefs and the values and the timeline are a little heavier, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about how transitioning into four the, 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 is your personality style, the, the methods, and then strengths and weaknesses. Four and five, um, the last two weeks, really are kind of the core to who you are, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and when you combine those two questions, um, it really cre creates an accurate picture of, of how you do life, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what this one is, this is kind of an icing on the cake thing with the magnets. So if I was to ask you, what are magnets? Just in general, what are magnets? What would you say? Magnets are pieces of metal that have the atoms. Well, technically it's the electrons that are arranged a certain way. And so they're facing the same direction in their spin cycle. AP camp for the win. Um, yeah, <laughs> you were looking yeah. for that. Um, but they're pieces of metal that are either attracted or repelled to different ends of each other. Yeah. And so if you have the um, two poles that are alike, then they mm -hmm. repel or attract and yeah. That whole thing. Uh, do you know what uh, Tolkien had to say about magnets? I, I don't. Nothing. He, he, never, he never touches <laughs> it. Uh, all right, yeah. So so we call this magnets because what we're looking at is um, some different elements to life, some different different parts of kind of how you're wired and, mm -hmm. and how you live uh, of either things attracting or things repelling. Okay? Yeah. So what we have in, in tonight is um, external magnets and internal. We're going to start with the internal magnets. Okay. And so with the internal magnets, um, basically, what we're looking at here is you're creating your Jekyll and Hyde. Hmm. Now, did you ever read Jekyll and Hyde in in school? No. That's another. It's a great. It's a great uh, classic. So, 
most people have it actually nowadays, but mm-hmm. I think hopefully they, they reference it. So what you have is you had Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so Dr. Jekyll was this very good doctor. He's very helpful. He's very kind and, and, and et cetera. Yeah. But he had, I, I even forget what caused it, but he, uh, some potion or whatever it was, but he would turn to this Mr. Hyde, which was like this brutal, rough monster type guy. Hmm. Right? So, so that ever since then, we, we've kind of incorporated into our vocabulary yeah. that you have your, your Jekyll and your Hyde, like almost like the two different personalities in us, right? Yep. So using that concept, what you're going to try to do in this know self process is you want to try to identify your Dr. Jekyll and your Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. Um, or another way to look at this just spiritually is what does your flesh-driven self look like and what does your spirit-driven self look like? Yeah. Spirit-driven really being Holy Spirit, right? Um, and so we're going we're gonna to help you identify um, what that looks like uh, and, and just describing that. So basically... Um, what you're going to want to do is there's, there's no there's no online test for this and like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be it's a self identification. You're going to be writing out and describing what do you look like when you're totally acting in the flesh. You're letting your muddy fields and, and weaknesses take over. You're just living selfishly and taking a highly sinful approach to things. Hmm. Then you're also going to write out a description of what you look like at your absolute best when you're totally walking in step with the Spirit, playing to your honed strengths, yeah. uh, loving, serving, and impacting others in beneficial ways, and, and just taking a highly biblical approach to thing to things. You know, p- applying the details of the Scripture to, to the details of your life according to the way you're wired. Mm-hmm. So specifically, what you're going to do is. You're going to make a list, and, and usually in the group we have people do two versions, like a bullet point and then a more uh, written out one. Mm-hmm. So you can start with the bullet point. So you're going to make it, so, so start with the, the, the flesh, right? And so you're going to sit there and you're going to make a list of what does it look like when you're in Mr. Hyde format, right? And, and specifically to help you with this, you want to you wanna make a list of when I'm in that frame of mind or when I'm in that mood or that mode, what are some of the thoughts that I'm going to be thinking. Mm-hmm. What are some of the words that might be coming out of my mouth, and what are some of the actions that I might take? And the key here is to be as specific as you can. So you don't want to be just in general and say, "Oh, I'm impatient." Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why do I? Why? Why? Why should you not just write in general? Why should you write in detail? Because one, if you're only writing in the generalities, then you won't be able to. And I mean, this really kind of goes back to why. Why not just apply the general generalities of the Bible to the generalities mm-hmm. of our life? Uh, once you actually get down into the specifics, you can see. Um, you can begin to see what triggers that behavior. Mm-hmm. You can begin to actually work through, okay, so this is the specific issue that mm-hmm. I come to. And you can begin to work back from more of those periphery type things yeah. back to what the core root actually is. Yeah, so the answers are in the details, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to address the details. Yeah. Um, another issue is we humans are brilliant rationalizers. Yes. Right? So if if I said if in my list I said well I'm impatient right that, that when you know I, if I know that I'm in the flesh and I'm being impatient and let's say you know my list and um, one day I'm I'm triggered by something and I'm being impatient and you say hey you're you know you're being your your Mr Hyde mm-hmm. like let's say let's say we're driving somewhere and I'm getting frustrated um, I can say no 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 I'm not being impatient I'm just trying to get where we're supposed to go on time because I'm a good steward of of you know our resources <laughs> whatever sure. I'm going to blow it off. Um, and you can't necessarily, this goes back to like be, do, have, and how we're more focused on the do than the be because it's mm-hmm. easier to measure. And so to call me pay, impatient, it's 
sometimes difficult to prove that. Yeah. Right? But if I go ahead and be honest, and so this is one of mine, um, truly, if I write down in my, my, my hide list, my, my flesh list, that at three red lights in a row, I'm cussing like a sailor. Which is something I wrestle with sometimes because I still have this weird expectation that I should hit green lights everywhere I go, right? I mean, I'm 44 and I still believe that. It's it's frustrating. Um, But so if I wrote that down, you know, Mm -hmm. then let's say we're driving around and we hit three red lights in a row and I cuss like a sailor and you call me out on it. I can't can't say, no, I didn't, (laughs) you know, because I just did. (laughs) And so, so we want you to... Be very specific when mm-hmm. you're doing this because, like you said, the details are where the, where the aha moments are at, mm-hmm. and you can't rationalize it away. So in that moment when you do, when you either think that thought or you say that word yeah. or you do that action, you can now catch yourself, oh, crap, I've just proven that in the moment I'm being, I'm being Mr. Hyde instead of Dr. Jekyll, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say one of your examples are? Yeah, one of the examples that I have is just not listening to advice that I know is true because I don't want to be wrong. And so just wanting to do things my way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what would the general version of that be? The general version of that would probably be um, stubbornness. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So so not just that you're stubborn, you'll actually not listen to correct advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So so for, the, for you guys, the listeners, that's what we're trying to get at here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my list, man. Yeah, I'm looking at. I think I had like 20, 20 bullet points because hmm. I, I was just like, you know what? I'll do. I might do this. I might do this. I might do this. And oh, and a note on that, um, we're looking at the, the more extreme things, yes. like like yep. the really bad thoughts you'll think, or the really bad words you'll say, or the or the, or the really um, bad actions that you'll take. Even if it's just once in a while, and it's a rare thing, you still want to write it down because it's still a sign. Yeah, because we're trying to find. We're not trying to find the middle balance of where we just kind of waffle between spirit and flesh we're trying to really define the extremes Mm -hmm. and so like this is the worst that it could possibly be yeah and then the contrary to that this is the best that it could possibly be so that's that's what we want you to do is make a list of uh, you know i would say honestly it probably should be 10 to 30 um because there's different ways that you'll behave Mm -hmm. um you know in in the moment what do you think as as someone who's writing you know as they're writing this out uh, how are they going to feel? Um, well, I just know me personally, when I was going through this, I like skipped this section and was like, I don't really want to do that because it's just, it's really vulnerable I remember you saying that. Uh, is what it is. And so like, I was just like, I'm not, I don't, I, I need to actually do this. I'm not, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And just kept on putting it off. Cause I didn't want to see a list of every where mm-hmm. that I like, I, I just didn't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we had, so in the groups, um, Given the time frame of 10 weeks and just mm-hmm. two-hour sessions and all that, we don't ever have time to actually go in-depth with this question. Yeah. So what I had been doing was just telling the groups it was optional. Like as far as like we're not going to discuss it in group, I do want you doing it just on your own. Mm-hmm. When you tell people that, they're not going to do it. So people would never do it. So I remember I got feedback from one of the groups. and They're like, hey, you probably should just tell us that we need to do this, you know, even though we're not going to discuss it. Mm-hmm. So a year and a half ago, I changed up my formatting. So when we got to this part of the of the know they self, I would just give it as a, a, that week's assignment, just like all the rest of the assignments, so that everybody had to do it. Yeah. And then the next week when we got together, now guys, we don't have time to discuss all this, but but I wanted you to do it. Mm-hmm. So now that I've been doing that, we, I've had people you know say, "Holy cow, am I ugly?" You yeah. know, um, and that's kind of the point of this exercise. Uh, the, the, this first part is to recognize you are ugly. I am ugly. 
all of us have an ugliness about it, about us, right? Um, we just have to be honest with that. Thankfully, this this is only one part of two, right? In the <laughs> yeah. question, so so you're going to put all that together. Then you're going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is going to be awkward, and and boy, you are not going to want to write down what you need to write down, right? Yeah. So, but just push through this because that's not the only thing that we're doing here. Then you do the opposite. And so when when you are on fire uh, for God and you're totally walking in step with the Spirit, what are those um, what are those thoughts that you're going to be thinking? What are the words that you're going to be saying? You know, what are the actions you're going to be taking? Same, same thing, just the mm-hmm. flip side, you know, at the extreme, even if it's rare. Um, what might you see yourself doing? Yeah. Now, even as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, because I just said, when you're totally on fire for God and you're walking in step with the Spirit, what if you're not? What if you're not a Christian? Because I think there's certain mm-hmm. people you know, that listen to the, sure. this series that, that aren't you know, Jesus freaks. Mm-hmm. Um, does that not apply to them? Well, I think even in culture, we see like the picture of the good angel, like mm-hmm. the angel on your shoulder and the devil on your other shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so if... Uh, if you ha- if you're not a believer and you're just like oh, I'm not sure about this spirit stuff, think of it more from that side of things. Mm-hmm. And so the part of you that's just like, yeah, let's do all these really good things, as opposed to the side of you that's just like, no, we're just gonna be yeah. selfish and whatever. Yeah, because you know the the Bible says in Genesis that we're we're made in God's image, mm-hmm. and in Ecclesiastes he it says that God has set eternity on the hearts of men. Yeah. So what I believe is everybody has some moral rendering mm-hmm. to whatever degree you know that kind of sure. thing. Um, so yeah, so even if if somebody hasn't drinking the Jesus Kool Aid, they they can still do this because it's like at your best, what do you look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little side note: plant a seed. To me, the Holy Spirit, part of that triune nature of God, you know, God is perfect and he's perfectly wise and he's perfectly good. He's perfectly loving. So he knows even better than you what good looks like. Hmm. So maybe listen, right? Because that's another whole can of worms listening to God. But yeah. but anyways, yeah. So, um, so you're going to be drawing out at your best. One of the things that's helpful for this is go back and look at your answers from four and five. Hmm. So you know, we always remember we talked about the personality. There's no right and wrong. There's just healthy and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So you can go back and look at your personality results. What does a fully healthy version look like, mm-hmm. right, of the disc or the Kiersey or whatever, um, and then or or your strengths or your your spiritual gifts, yeah. um, and so and then even some of your passions. So if at your best, what would it look like, you know? Mm-hmm. So how's somebody going to feel? I, this is an interesting question. The, as they're writing all the flesh stuff, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Because it's yeah. vulnerable, awkward. Oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, I do do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, how are they going to feel when they're writing this part out? I think that it has the potential to be just like very therapeutic and uh, just like, oh, okay, good. I'm not nearly as bad as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. But then that can also quickly transition into an era of, well, I am just all that and a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can be really easy to tra- to just naturally transition, right. interestingly enough, into a fleshly mindset right. while you're going and looking at the spiritual the completely spirit-filled version of you. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, so it's funny because some people are going to have a tougher time with the weaknesses just because they grew up in a very critical environment and Mm -hmm. so they're adverse to it, you know. Um, others can be, be more open with it. But then there'll be others that this one, the second part is actually harder for them because they think they can't do a lot of good. Hmm. There's yeah. I mean, you know, people out there. Mm-hmm. And so like, ooh, I, I'm having a hard time writing out what I look like at my best. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it'll be interesting to see how, how each individual listener kind of processes through that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, so you'll write that whole list out. 
So now you have your bullet point, and then if you want, you can once you put the bullet points down, you can actually elaborate and journal on it as much as you want. People who've written pages on this before, yeah. So now you have a description of what you look like at your absolute worst, and then what you, what you look like, you know, in detail at your absolute best. Yeah. So the the the, the implications of this. Um, you know, it is awkward, but it's also encouraging. It's seeing the ugly version of you. It's also seeing the, the beautiful version of you. Mm-hmm. So while I can sit sit here and say without qualm that we are ugly, I can also equally say we are beautiful. Yeah. You know, I love watching those videos on YouTube of just like people being people in a good sense. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's doing some art, art, art artistry or um, athletics, you know, or just laughter mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoy that. And so to me, it just it's a more honest. Uh, understanding that we're just trying to identify what the ugly version of us looks like and what the beautiful version of us, you know, looks like. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, practically speaking, there are um, three camps of thoughts on this. Of of, of what are you supposed to do, to do with this? Um, one camp says you are not allowed to to pursue anything on the good list until you've fixed everything yeah. on the bad mm-hmm. list, because otherwise you're a hypocrite. What would you say in response to that? That is a very effective way to make sure you never make any progress. <laughs> um, because, like, Preach. <laughs> I mean, you you talk to any individual um, that's actually willing to sit down and be honest with you, mm-hmm. and you will find out that they have times that you would have never guessed mm-hmm. that they actually struggle with things as well. And so if... Because I know a lot of people that even have like the mentality of, well, I can't come to Christ until I fix this area. And that's really just the nature of the gospel mm-hmm. is the fact that you don't have to, you're mm-hmm. not expected to, you probably can't mm-hmm. fix whatever that area is. Um, but as you really start doing that, you can actually begin to have the good side pull on you. And if you're focused on the good pursuing the good aspects instead of just denying the bad aspects you can really begin to see a lot of growth yeah so if you're wrestling with man i can't i'm not allowed to do any of this good stuff until i fix all the bad stuff because i'll be a hypocrite otherwise you can reject that thinking mm-hmm. i know this is easier said than done but you can reject it because you'll never get any good done because you'll be spending your entire life fixing all these yeah we'll go back to muddy fields concept and all that mm-hmm. um another camp says well you know what you know do both, right? Because we're mixed humans. And, and here's the key. The good makes up for the bad. So bottom line, just make sure you do more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Spend more time being that Dr. Jekyll version than the Mr. Hyde version. And then what that does is it makes up for the bad that you do. Because mm-hmm. you're going to do bad. So just keep doing a bunch of good, and the good will pay for the bad. And as long as you net good in the end, you're fine. What would you say in response to that? Yeah, and that's, again, another idea that's really perpetrated in the culture. And so, like, Mm -hmm. if you're doing more good than bad, then, like, your scales of justice will weigh out Mm -hmm. in that favor. And it doesn't matter how much it weighs. Like, as long as you just have a little bit more good, then then you're all set. Mm -hmm. Um, But that really goes against what the atonement of Christ actually did. Um, Because the atonement of Christ wasn't, hey, yeah, I know you're going to mess up sometimes, but, you know, I'll just... I'll just take care of those, and then you can just just kind of try maybe not to do that. But, I mean, you know, whatever. That's fine. Um, we really do want to be pursuing um, just doing 
the just I mean being the person that we need to be mm-hmm. following Christ and then that'll end up with us being able to do the things that we actually need to do. Right. So I, I, I don't hold either of these first two camps because they seem problematic once you think through it. Yeah. So the third camp is what you've now been saying is that third camp would say so here's the deal you're going to do both right because you're a mix mm-hmm. um, and you're not doing the good to make up for the bad. Yeah. Jesus already made up for the bad um, but you do want to begin pursuing the good and so this is solution-focused counseling from collars, things yep. that we've talked about in, in the muddy fields um, it, from, from season one or even last week, right? We touched on touched on this. What I believe is your goal, your focus should be on the Dr. Jekyll, the list, the, spirit, the spirit-led the spirit list, mm-hmm. um, and begin pursuing those because you look at those and it's like, ooh, I like that version of me. Yeah, um, That's kind of a cool version, so I, I want to do that. And so you start putting your energy and your focus and all that into that, and as you're doing that, you're now spending enough time doing that. You have less time to do all the flesh stuff. Mm-hmm. You have less energy to do the flesh stuff because you're spending your time there. Yeah. And what happens is over time, this is the kind of thing that's going to make you stronger. Mm-hmm. And now that you're stronger, um, you'll you'll be able to resist more of the bad. So we're definitely rejecting the first camp, but we're even rejecting the second camp because it's not about I'm doing the good to make up for the bad. It's listen, I don't, I'm not, I can't make up for the bad, mm-hmm. and I. I don't want to allow the bad, but I'm going to be doing the good so that I can begin tempering the bad, right? Yeah, and something that I believe I've mentioned this before, it's something I'm passionate about, but my pastor always uh, would say, don't think about a pink basketball. And naturally, the thing that pops in your mind is pink basketball. And just it's Mm -hmm. the whole idea of if you're focused on the bad, not doing it or doing it, the the result's the same. You'll end up doing it. And so whatever you set your eyes on, whatever you're focused on, whatever your attention is devoted to, that's what you're going to end up doing. And so if you're even if your attention is devoted to not doing the negative list, Mm -hmm. you'll find that you'll be doing the negative list still. And it's <laughs> right, just going right. to be like, but yeah. th- why? Like, I'm, I'm trying really hard to not do that. Well, that's that's the problem. Yeah, you keep thinking on it. And so once you're focused on that, it, just that little perspective change of mm-hmm. saying, instead of, um, instead of trying to not be stubborn, I want to pursue um, actually listening to understand mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. just understanding where people are coming from and that sort of thing. And as you pursue that, you'll find... I guess I don't have to hold on to my ideas as tight as I had to before. Right. And so just that, it's a little perspective change, but it really, on the back end, has a lot of impact. So let's give an example of that. If I gave a, a general answer of when I'm, when I'm walking in step with the Spirit, I'm teaching. Okay. That's general. The specific one is something like, uh, if I'm walking in step with the Spirit, I'm probably listening to somebody to kind of see where they're at in their thinking mm-hmm. and then figuring out what questions, what kind of leading good leading questions sure. can I ask them to help create an internal buy-in within them because the, so I'm, I'm speaking their language. I'm, I'm trying to come from their angle to get to the conclusion they need, they need to get to mm-hmm. um, because if they're coming at it from their angle in their own language, when they do come to it, they're more likely it's more likely to sit in them and actually create the change. Yeah. And so, and so if I'm walking in step with the spirit, that's the kind of thing that I'm doing, which is going to result in more applicable change. You see the difference between mm-hmm. saying when I'm, when I'm letting God lead, I'm going to, or when I'm, one of the good things I'll do is teaching. Mm-hmm to one of the good things I'm doing in this very specific way. Yeah. I see a big difference between those two. What would an example for you be? 
Um, I'm not sure what an example for me would be, but what I was about to say with that is that's just why it's so important to do the details of this. Right. Because if you're saying, um, I want to, the good side is teach, the bad side is manipulate. Mm-hmm. Um, that can play itself out. So like what you just described with teaching, you really want to get to um, understand where they are. And so then you can guide them to come around in their language to where it is, as opposed to um, the bad side of that. Uh, just like coercing and mm-hmm. convincing and like no and just twisting twisting it, things yep. a little bit just so you can get them to see it your way mm-hmm. um, and then just if you to take that example and use it if you are saying no no I'm not going to put spin on this I, I refuse to put spin on this idea as I teach because I don't want to do the flesh thing and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and figure out where you're at mm-hmm. and if you walk into every conversation you have teaching someone with that perspective you'll actually be able to be able to do that more effectively, more mm-hmm. efficiently uh, with the people that you talk to. Yeah, and think through this. So I would have to ask myself, what is the difference between me asking a good leading question mm-hmm. and me manipulating through spin? Yeah. Because on the surface, they could look kind of similar. Mm-hmm. So I have to think through the details of that. This is this is where the magic happens. Yeah. So even like in businesses, and you see a business that's very successful, they pay attention to the details, mm-hmm. whether it's the details of customer service or the details of production or whatever it is. So so what this question is doing, this ma- this magnet, this first part of the magnet question, the internal magnets, is it's really trying to get you to knuckle down on the details of these two previous questions mm-hmm. of your strengths and your weaknesses and all that, um, and and trying to get you with the right way of thinking. You know, with that. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the th- also things with this is, and you know, this is, you may have mentioned the verses, take every thought captive, whatever's good, pure, noble, thing on these things, mm-hmm. set your mind on the things above, not the things of the earth. This is EIE, the eternal, internal, external perspective from season one. Yep. It's B to have, same type thing from also from season one. Those are episodes 1.03 and 1.04. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, so, if you want to be curious what those are, you can go back and check on that. Um, but anyways, so it's it's really trying to wrestle through some change, mm-hmm. okay? And we we can't spend a lot of time on this here and this because we're just trying to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a later episode, another podcast, another season, we'll do how to. Uh, well, actually, so how does one change? Goes back to seven steps to change, yep. which is I think one point zero nine or one I believe point, so. Yeah, um, from season one, but but I think I want to do a whole a whole episode on just like maturing in the faith and mm-hmm. practically speaking, how does that play out? Yeah. But a couple comments that I'll, I'll make right now. Um, so if, so as you're sitting there and you and you have your list now, you have your bullet point, possibly even a, a more detailed, mm-hmm. but you at least got your bullet point, uh, but you know a detailed bullet point yeah. of of your flesh and versus spirit dichotomy. Um, and you want to you want to be that third camp. You want to begin pursuing the 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 spirit stuff so that mm-hmm. the the flesh stuff gets tempered. Um, what are some things you need? One thing for you is you're going to need intentionality and the willingness to make sacrifice and perseverance. This is not an easy process. <laughs> no. Uh, another thing is scripture application. So I really do believe that these thirty one thousand one hundred and seven verses of the Bible offer a lot of wisdom. Hmm. Uh, and so just going back and studying the Bible, not just reading it as a devotion. But studying it, um, depending on what it is that you're trying to change, mm-hmm. there's probably something in the scripture to help you with that. Uh, another thing would be the spirit-led prayer. And so so over time, it needs to develop into this. But as you're getting to know master scripture more, you can then begin to master prayer more, that listening prayer. And so letting the spirit also help you 
you know, with this process, uh, Galatians 5. Um, another thing is healthy, spiritually mature community mm-hmm. is also going to be helpful for this. And so one of the things here that we recommend is once you've made your list, I would say share it with somebody that you trust. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is, the, this, is the, this is a potent list. Mm-hmm. Um, share it with them um, so that they can walk alongside you uh, and help you with it. And the goal is not for them to sit there and snap their fingers and be like, oh, Oh, you were just doing one of the things from the flesh, you know, I caught you, ha, ha, you know, busted. Yeah. That's not the goal there. The goal is for them to recognize, okay, it's my job in part to help them do more of the spirit-led stuff than the flesh-led stuff. So I want to encourage them in the spirit-led stuff and, and help them practically, how does that work, right? And congratulate them, celebrate it when they do. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in the flesh, recognize, okay, you know what, they've already identified this. This is one of their flesh moments. So now I know that they're really in the flesh right now. What can I do to help them kind of get out of that flesh? Yeah. Um, sometimes it may be disciplined, discipline being training, not punishment, right? Mm-hmm. And all that kind of thing. Um, and, and it may be one person, it may, may be more than one. I think it'd be great if you got a group of like th- three or four or five or six people, maybe no more than that, where they would share each other's answers and they would get together every couple of, I wouldn't say even every week, get together every couple of weeks uh, and just talk through what it's looking like to get more spirit-led than flesh-led. That, that would be really cool. Yeah. If you didn't. And I think that that's a little bit different than what we typically see with like the accountability mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. meeting. Because um, what I've even found is that tends to be, uh, okay, uh, welcome to lunch. Uh, have you sinned this week? <laughs> You're right, sorry. Let me laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, don't do that. Okay, see you next week. Right. And it's just, it doesn't really have that sense of community and just sharing. And not it's solution focused. Like, like we've been saying, it's focused on the problem, not on the solution. Mm-hmm. And so really moving past that into real biblical community yeah. to actually move forward is something that is really valuable. I, uh, I know that that's something that you and I are both passionate about as far as the solution-focused approach to things. Mm-hmm. And so it keeps coming up in, in these different episodes. And so I hope that um, people will start picking up on that. Yeah. Um, it's almost like we, like we could whisper right now. Hopefully the listeners aren't listening. But do you think they're picking up on that? Oh, I hope so. Because yeah. I feel like it's almost every episode that we start talking about It's this. so important that they do that. It is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, t- so two more things. So that intentionality in your part, scripture application, spirit-led prayer, healthy, spiritual, spiritually mature community. Um, also, life and situation. This is another big one. We can't learn in a vacuum. We can't mm-hmm. grow in a vacuum or in a laboratory. We can only grow in the messiest, messiness of life. So if one of the things is you're trying to do more of the spirit-led stuff than the flesh-led stuff, circumstances are going to occur that naturally trigger yeah. your flesh. But God has to let them happen so that you can have the opportunity to resist that temptation to go to the, to the spirit light. And depending on how you're wired, that can be really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're the type of person that like thought through this and you're just like, okay, so I know that this is where I need to be at. Um, and so this is what I'm going to do. I've thought about this. I'm sitting here and this is good. Okay, I think I have this down. Then once life hits and you get out of that vacuum that you've just been thinking about mm-hmm. and it's just like, wait, why, why did I go back to the flesh? Oh, well, I guess I'll just give up. Mm-hmm. No, don't, don't do that. Right. That's um, natural. Because you're taking the good steps of recognizing mm-hmm. what's going wrong. And so then you can really begin to move through that. And so just keep in mind just what you just said. It's yeah. not a vacuum. Right. It makes me think of the seven-stage journey where we talk about the water walking. Remember how when we first gave the story, um, we talked about the storms of life. Hmm. Um, and so, like, most people just don't even get in the boat of Jesus. Most of those that get in the boat of Jesus don't try to do the water walking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and even most of those that do the water walking, as soon as the storms come, they head back to the boat. 
the key is, is when the storms come, that's really where the testing of the water walking comes into play. Yeah. Uh, and so, so stay there with, with Jesus and, and the Spirit. Um, and then the last thing that you'll need to, to, to make this transition is time. And I can't emphasize this enough. Hmm. This is not a sprint. Human nature is to, be, is to have the, the flesh as the default, spirit as the exception. To switch that so that spirit-led becomes the default and flesh, fleshly is the exception mm-hmm. is going to take you your entire life. Yeah. And so you just need to be patient with yourself and patient with the process. It's the tortoise, not the hare. It's the two steps forward, one step back. It's the stumbling, bumbling approach. There's, that, there's a quote. It's an anonymous quote that says, life isn't meant to be, uh, I think, life isn't meant to be wrapped up in, uh, hold on. Life isn't meant to be wrapped up in a pretty and well-preserved body, hmm. but rather to slide into the grave sideways, thoroughly bruised and loudly proclaiming, well, what a ride. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I just love that quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, this is a messy process. It takes time. Um, but, but know that, that God loves the baby steps. Hmm. It's something that he, that he actually values um, because babies learn with baby steps. And so it's got to still be baby steps for us as we go through this. Yeah. So, so all of that to say this, this, this internal magnet is trying to identify uh, a raw, vulnerable, detailed version of you at the extremes. And looking at the extremes, it should wake you up, mm-hmm. right? Um, and make you think more about, not to beat yourself up over the flesh, but how do I spend more time doing these good things? It's not about coasting and and, and kind of eking your way into the kingdom. It's yeah. always stepping up and doing the noble thing. And when hopefully when you see um, the spirit side of things as compared to the flesh side of things, it'll give you some encouragement to really say, right. okay, so there is a piece of me that still has some some goodness that we can really begin to strive for. Yeah, and so absolutely. don't don't beat yourself up over the flesh list. The point of the flesh list is to show you just to recognize it. Is to recognize that and so then you can really begin to move on from that yeah, and begin right, yeah, pursuing well the other side. Yeah. So there's a whole lot more that we could say to that cuz this is a heavy one. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least, you know, so for the listener Run with it to the degree you want to run with it, hmm. you know. Um, but at least we throw it out there. It's another thing that helps in this know thyself process, right? Yeah. So now we can segue into the to the second part of the magnets, the external magnets. And so this is a little more a little more light. Though there's there's still some heaviness to it. So the external magnets. So you have the people. You have people in life, and you have situations or environments in life. Mm-hmm. And going back to the mega, uh, magnet analogy in the positive charge and negative charge what you're going to do here is is you're going to make a list first of the the positive people magnets so you're going to make a list of what are the the character traits or characteristics or personality style or attitudes or behaviors that you really admire in other people Mm -hmm. so when you meet somebody that has one of those um you're like you're just drawn to them, and you enjoy spending time with them. So, for example, mine, some of mine are. I really enjoy um, witty, observant people, hmm. and kind of pick up in details, and and not. I don't like sarcasm, but I like, I like witty. Um, I also really like uh, humble people that take accountability and ownership of of their wrongs, and they're really seeking to mature. Hmm. Um, I really, I also really like geeky people. So <laughs> for me, it's more like fantasy geeky, right, than, than tech or car geeky. Is that also like the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, that's type? where Lord of the Rings comes okay. in. Yeah, and I still like you, even though you haven't watched it. <laughs> um, 
I really admire people where serving comes as a second nature to them because mm. it doesn't for me. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of cool. They just, they, it's really impressive that they want to serve so well. Um, and then I also really like direct, efficient people. Just kind of boom, get to the point, don't drag it out, etc. Those are some of the, the positive people magnets that I have. What are some of yours? Yeah, I also have some. Uh, one of the ones that I have listed here is just intentional people. Uh, and so that can display itself in a lot of different ways. Just people that actively work to um, get to know you and just are could be described as intentional. Um, also, just spirit filled people, people that you know are just really in, uh, they're really working towards mm-hmm. um, knowing God and being more like Christ. Uh, and then also just positive people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just that there's something about positivity that I just really like. And then people that are self aware. And so Ooh, they they know their shortcomings and their strengths, and it's not like a beating themselves or prideful thing, but they're just aware of it and can really be more effective in what they do because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So so for you, the listener, you'll make a list. What are some of those positive traits and people that you really like? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to do the opposite. What are those character traits, attitudes, behaviors, et cetera, in people that you loathe, yep. right? That you just can't stand and you try to, to avoid them as, as much as you can. It just, just irritates you. It triggers you. It's pet peeves, mm-hmm. et cetera. I can't stand this. So for me, some of, some of those things are, um, and, and a lot of this is going to be inverses of what you just wrote, but hmm. not always. There's, there's more to it than that. But um, I can't stand it when people are in denial and don't take ownership of their mistakes. Hmm. That, that drives me up a wall. Um, I also don't like that um, when people lack communi- communication where they don't give the, you know, details or communicate clearly or they lack commitment and they hmm. don't follow through on, on their responsibilities or promises. Um, I have a hard time with arrogant arguers that just want to argue their point in, from a very egotistical yeah. uh, way. Um, I don't like complaining People who are just constantly going on and on about what's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of focused on the on the negative, uh, with that kind of victim mentality. Uh, people who are just, you know, oh, woe is me. I have anything wrong. The other person wronged me. I don't like that. Um, and then I also don't like um, uh, extreme black and white thinking, because hmm. to me, because I'm a spectrum guy, um, I, I I definitely value more that moderate uh, spectrum type. So those are some of my negative uh, people magnets. What are some of yours? Yeah, my negative people magnets, one of the main ones is, is people that are disrespectful. Mm. Um, like, uh, I can, like they cut you off right in the middle of a sentence? Something like that. <laughs> um, it's more, It's more. I can rant about this for a while, but I won't. No, because yeah, um, yeah, it's not the purpose of this. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, just the type of people that are just like, well, yeah, I don't care that you are the teacher or you're an authority. I just decided I don't like this one thing, so I'm not going to respect you. Like, yeah. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I digress. So disrespect, yeah. Uh, uh, arrogant, uh, entitled people, mm-hmm. and then just the negative people, and then also I really liked what you were saying with like the complainers and just the victim mentality type yeah. mindset. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. All right, and then the, your third list are going to be those situations or environments that are positives for you mm-hmm. that you're very comfortable in. You love being in, in these type of, of environments, um, and so it's it's where you really bring a lot of enjoyment. So some of mine, I do like the geeky situations. You know, discussing Lord of the Rings or gaming or you know whatever. Sure. Um, I like opportunities where I can be explorative and inquisitive could be physically just walking around some location like or even just driving around like what, what's around the corner here mm-hmm. could be intellectually um, where you're just trying to like, like theologically with the unpacking groups mm-hmm. you know I love that um, I love love laughing la- laughter uh, and just, just funny environments I actually thrive on crowds 
So I love being in places where there are lots of people like street festivals and things like that. You just all the people watching that you get to do. I like, I like watching just the, the, the differences in people and how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, situations where there's a firm set of parameters uh, firm and clear, but flexible in how you can get it. So if I have a boss that says, hey, here's the end goal. Here's the deal breakers. Don't go beyond this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you free reign in how you're going to accomplish that goal. That's that's where I'm at my best. Um, and then another thing, I li- so I have a, a lot of different circles of, of friends and family. So I've got my old friends from the wrestling uh, uh, restaurant biz, and I got my friends from the wrestling and gaming and you know that kind of thing. I got my friends from church and the unpacking studies, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. When the different circles meet with each other, it's so like if we're out for dinner, so yeah. how do you know, and, and they're they're different personalities. They know me for different reasons. I just really enjoy those kind of environments. So those are some of my positive uh, envi- environment magnets. What are some of yours? Yeah, uh, some of my environments that I really like. The first one that I have down here is just where the Lord's working, and so where you can just mm. see that people are just on fire um, mm. for God, and they're really actively trying to do His mission and all that sort of thing. Um, just optimistic, happy, laughter type environments. Yeah. I really like. Um, also, I really like for there to be clear direction, mm-hmm. and so people to be know people to know what they're doing, why they're doing it, yep. and where they're trying to get. And then also just that flexible structure. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so, you, so you'll make a list, the listener, um, of those environments that you really enjoy being in. And then the fourth list is the inverse of that. What are those environments or situations where you're very uncomfortable that you don't like to be in? Mm-hmm. Um, some of mine, so kind of, you know, the, the inverse, I don't like where there's total chaos and no structure yeah. um, or everyone's like being indecisive. I also don't like it when it's hyper strict or hyper legalistic and you have to do it this way and, and no way other. Um, I'm very uncomfortable when there's people like discussing and they're not on the same page. So they're like talking past each other. Hmm. Or they're talking in circles. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with that. Um, I don't like it when things are boring or when people are complaining. Um, I don't like it when I'm not knowledgeable. So, like the first time I go horseback riding, I'm going to be a very, very nervous because hmm. I'm afraid of like looking stupid or making a mistake. Once I do it a couple of times and I understand how to do it, now I'm more comfortable with it. So usually the first time I try something new, I'm very, very uncomfortable. Um, I don't. Also, I don't like fluff talk. Um, where, uh, hey, how are you, you know, whatever, and they don't even necessarily mean it. I don't I don't like having fluff conversations. Yeah. Uh, the four that I have down, the first one is just sinful environments. Um, college, they're not necessarily the college that I go to, but there's a lot of opportunities for, like, parties and whatever where mm-hmm. there's just a lot of that sort of thing going on that I'm not a fan of. Um, just depressing situations. Mm-hmm. And so that can manifest itself in a couple different ways. But, one of the, like, uh, for example, if – Everyone's just kind of like, yeah, we're here for eight to five and we don't really like it, but we're here. Yay. No, don't want that. Uh, Disorganization is something that I'm not a fan of. And then also uh, indecisiveness. Okay. So you'll, you, the listener will make your list, right? Of these categories. Why are we doing this? What's, what's the implications? Um, What, what can we learn from this? Once you write it down, one of the things that you want to look at is, um, it's this this comes up when we do it in the group. So we'll have like the, the know self group, and we'll have everybody share theirs. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I tell people, listen, you yourself, your personality somehow fits on somebody else's negative magnet list. Yep. Um, there's there are people out there that do not like some of your personality types. You know, the more outgoing type or the more introverted type. You know, whatever. So you 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 definitely fit on somebody else's negative list. You know. Um, and also, if you're looking at your negative list, the negative people list, you do some of those things. Hmm. 
it's okay that you do it, right? You rationalize it, but it's not okay that others do it. So that's kind of, it's kind of comical to watch. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. I hate it, but I do it. You know, kind of deal. And just a real quick example of that. It would be like when you're driving down the highway and you're passing a bunch of people, but then the moment someone comes up behind you and tries to pass you, oh, that guy's speeding super <laughs> <Yeah>. too much. <laughs> um, yeah, it happens, right? Yeah. We, we're, we're, all, we're all hypocrites to an extent. Um, so anyway, so just, just be aware of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also probably look at your list, you know, like your negative people list, and you can instantly think of somebody in your life that embodies like three quarters of that list. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the point of this one is to help identify um, where your focus needs to be and what I believe is the 80-20 principles. Like, you know, Pareto's law says 20% of your resources accomplish 80% of your work. It's a really interesting hmm. thing. I really like it. But, but anyways... What I want to encourage you to do is live 80-20 with this. So 80% of the time, hang out with the people that you really enjoy hanging out with and and being in those situations that you're really comfortable in and really enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, God's not wanting you to, to live a miserable life. You know, so the only 10% of the time are you allowed to, to be in those positives. No, yeah. 70, 80% are, you know, do that. But 10, 20% of the time, you should intentionally be seeking out your negative people magnets and your negative situation magnets why this is where the most amount of change is going to occur mm-hmm. so you want to be comfortable because in those positive environments that's kind of typically when you thrive you know and so you want to you want to have those in your life you want to enjoy life um but the most amount of change occurs you know under pressure mm-hmm. and so for example you know jesus says that even the pagans love those who love them so, of course, you're going to be loving to the people that are positive magnets for you because you're drawn to them, so it's easier to love them. Mm-hmm. And that's great, do. Um, but it's even more impressive when you love the negative magnets. That's really where you're tested in your maturity. You know, So for me, this, the, there's several, but one of the signs of spiritual maturity is not how long you've been a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's how well you love your enemies or you love your, your negative magnets. That's to me is one of the really the, the, the tests. Uh, or in, in a similar vein with the situations and environments. Um, the Bible says, rejoice always, you know, be content at all things, ha- have peace. Well, when you're in your positive environments, it's very easy to rejoice and be content mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and have peace. Um, I'm not that impressed. Right? Just the course yeah. is that way. What's really impressive is if you choose, because it says rejoice in your sufferings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's really impressive is if you got to a place where you can be at peace and have contentment and actually rejoice in the negative environments. That's what's really impressive. Yeah. And so, and so what this what this little exercise here does is, you know, you you've drawn them out. Now you know. And so you, you can be thinking of that person that fits three quarters of your description. And you now know this is, and I realize there's boundary issues. I think we overuse the boundary mm-hmm. principle. I think we really overuse that. Yeah. Um, but there are going to be times, you know, fly, fight, persevere from, mm-hmm. from season one. Um, there'll be times when you're supposed to pull away from individuals because they're too unhealthy, whatever. But in general, if you're maturing in your faith and you're stronger in your strengths than they are in their weaknesses, then you don't need to flee because they're not going to affect you. You mm-hmm. know, you're more resilient, um, and so you need to be sitting alongside them in their negative magnets, yeah. um, loving them and and possibly helping them change if you have that role in their life, right? Yeah, and it's really interesting when you start talking about needing to go outside of your comfort zone and just outside of the little bubble where you are content, um, because 
Jesus really did that. Uh, he was characterized as someone who hung out with sinners and drunkards and uh, to the point where the Pharisees began to call him that. And so just because you're in a scenario where you're not comfortable or it's not necessarily the safest, I'm not saying go out there all the time mm-hmm. and just like right, right. live there. But I am saying that as believers, we really do need to be moving beyond where we're comfortable in our situation. Right. And we actually do need to be practically and intentionally walking out into those scenarios and loving those people just as much as we love the people that are comfortable for mm-hmm. us. So another example of that would be, you know, because God wants to stretch you. He wants to grow you. And like we just said, it's not in a vacuum or in a laboratory. So he's got to put you under pressure so mm-hmm. that you can grow. So like, for example, one of the commandments is um, don't gossip. Well, if you're always hanging around the people that you really admire, you're not going to gossip about them. No. Either because they do the things that you really enjoy or if they do something that's wrong, you're going to kind of blow it off a little bit or uncount that wrong mm-hmm. um, because you really like them. So what's really powerful is to not gossip about somebody who you can't stand, Yeah, right? Which is typically gossip about. Mm-hmm. Or the Bible says, do everything without complaint. If you're in your positive environment, of course you're not going to complain. Nothing to complain about. Sure. So you're not really necessarily being obedient when you say, hey, I'm not complaining. Well, you're not complaining because there's nothing to complain about. Hmm. The commandment is is actually don't complain when there is something to complain about. Yeah. Right? Don't don't vocalize that, and so you got to be in those negative environments which you'll want to complain about and then not complain, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that that's what um, this one is about. Is is as far as in life as you, as you're trying to figure your calling out and what God's got in store for you, you want to recognize that given your calling, part of the time. Of, of your calling, whatever your calling is, mm-hmm. is going to be in the midst of negative uh, pe- your negative people magnets and your negative situation magnets. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, I remember uh, one of the girls that went through Know They Self. Uh, her calling was definitely going to be um, like pro life type things. Yeah, and so she was talking about it. She, you know, and she she knew her stuff and she was passionate. You know, she was going to be able to defend these these lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she was talking, she did not like liberal women who were pro choice and did not like um, the directors of abortion clinics mm-hmm. and wanted to avoid them at all costs. And so I challenged her. I said, you know, it just seems to me that part of your calling, just knowing the patterns that God does, part of your calling is going to be to sit with um, women who've had an abortion or who are considering an abortion mm-hmm. or women who volunteer at a clinic or even lead the clinic. It just, you know, she was young. I said, you got a whole life ahead of you. But mm-hmm. if, if we if we cross paths when you're 80 and I'm 100, um, I'm going to ask you, you know, how, how did that play out? And it just seems to me that part of God's calling for you is with yeah. those women that you despise. Um, and God's like, are you going to love them? You know, in the way that he would biblically say, mm-hmm. do you passionately treasure them as you're walking humbly with me? You know, are you patiently trying to understand them and look past their wrongs, uncount their sins mm-hmm. so that you can best contribute to their well-being, trying to transform them, you know? And, 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 I, and I give her kudos. I mean, she, she took it, right? She, she listened to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she was happy with it, um, but I think she was willing to, to, to consider that. Um, so that, that was kind of cool. So that, that's just something to, to, to keep in mind with this. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, something that my professors have said at different times is just, like, if you really love preaching, because I'm looking at going into youth ministry or college ministry, mm-hmm. and um, they're just like, if you really love preaching, that's great. Like, good, you'll get to do that. 
but there's also other elements of being a pastor that you're also going to need to do. Right, right. And so if you try and go through and you're just like, okay, I need to find the calling where 100% of the time I am perfectly happy doing what I'm doing. At first, you're not going to find anything. Right, and right. second, you're probably going to overlook something that the vast majority of the time you will love because of that 20%. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that as you go through and you begin to try and apply this to how God's wired you and how your calling is fitting into all of this, that you keep that in mind and you are and you are willing to say, okay, so there is this thing that I could possibly do. Um Man, there's this part of it, though, that I'm not quite sure about. Like, I don't want to do the administrative stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, how much of how, what percentage of the time is that going to mm-hmm. be? If that's going to be a smaller percent and I have this bigger percent, then I would really consider looking yeah. into that as a possibility. Yeah, so kind of practically speaking, you're getting an idea what your calling is. Now, you know, some, I would say, you know, some people's calling, it's a career thing, some it's not. Mm-hmm. Let's just assume for this discussion, your calling is a career thing. Sure. And so, so now you're looking at job op- uh, options. So just what you said, if let's say you had three job options that all somehow played into your calling, and one of them, as you interviewed and got all the details, um, was going to be a whole bunch of your positive magnets with no opportunity, no presence of negative magnets, hmm. where another one was going to be, you know, a whole bunch. 50% or more of the negative magnets and then less than that, the positive. But then the third one, just what you're saying, where overall it was going to be a lot of those positive magnets with you know 10 or 20% of the negative, to me, you have your answer which one you should take. All, all of the things being equal between those three. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be that balanced approach to, oh, you know what? This is going to be a lot of good, but with just enough bad to test me. Hmm. You know, And I think it would be very noble you know, because the, the easier thing would be, well, why would I not take the job that has all good or mostly all good with no real little bad? Because as much as we don't want to admit this, we need to be tested. Mm-hmm. And so we, maybe we need a little more. The, the negative magnets in life are useful. Yeah. Because the moment you become comfortable, you become complacent. Mm-hmm. And so in you general, can't. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, and so it's really worth putting yourself intentionally in a spot where you're saying, okay, the vast majority of this is my positive magnets this will actually make it worth the negative one. So then I can make sure that I'm still staying sharp and on top of things. Mm-hmm. And so I can actually continue to improve in the yeah. areas that are the positive magnets. It's it's a bit of a light bulb for people when they see the magnets. I usually don't get really a lot of pushback because we all kind of get it. Mm-hmm. We don't really have to do a whole lot of persuading of this because it's like, okay, you know what? You know what? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So so those are the two. So this, you know, this question was the magnets. It's getting some more of the details. Um, the internal magnets, the Jekyll and Hyde's very heavy. That's yeah. spirit flesh. This one's a little bit lighter, um, but it's uncomfortable and awkward, you know, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we, we discuss each week in these is why is it important to take time um, to to do this? Um, what are what are some of the benefits that will come from taking time to answer these? Yeah, and I think that one of the main things that really comes from, especially that first part, because like I had said earlier, I was not looking forward to doing the flesh and spirit mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. I did not want to, I did not want to do that at all. Um, but then I did it, and it got to a point where I was actually able to start doing a lot of what we were discussing and really begin to pursue the spirit led part of me mm-hmm. because I had recognized both. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's also really just therapeutic to look back and say, this is what my flesh looks like. And that's ugly. And I, I, I don't want that. I want this. 
And so just recognizing those two things really begins to allow you to have motivation. Yeah. Um, going back to the seven steps of change to really um, move forward into that direction. And that it also just this is another one of those things that really provides some insight into why you respond to situations the way you do. Yeah. And so why don't I want to go and talk to that person? Because they have mm. some of those negative magnets. And when you can identify that. Yeah. yeah. And then, because it doesn't stop there. So so we'll continue this conversation. Why don't I want to go and talk to that person? He has these two ma- negative magnets. That doesn't mean, oh, okay, now I know why. I'm just going to stay over here. Then you can actually begin to say, okay, so he has those. So this is what I need to be intentionally and proactively working towards as I walk over and have a conversation yeah, with this person. Yeah, good. And so it's not just something to excuse yourself and say, yeah, well, I recognized it. Got it. Checked it off my list. We're all set. No, actually begin to move forward towards implementing this. And so then you can begin to do the 80-20 growth thing that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now we're just going to transition into a time of question and answer and hopefully clear up any confusion that we might have. Okay. So the first question that we like to ask with all of these different discussions is just what are the sweet and sours to identifying your magnets? Um, so with the, the internal magnets, one of the sours, you, you know, one of these good, helpful things that, that are going to make you wince is um, you have to – well, it goes back to your weaknesses that we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're just going to have to come to grips with your sin nature and that you can't rationalize it away. Hmm. Um, and that's a good thing to recognize this. It's just – it's difficult. One of the sweets is kind of inverse of that is realizing that your spirit-led nature is breathtaking. Hmm. You know, one of the things I'm excited about with heaven um, is everybody's going to be the complete – Everybody who's confessed Jesus as Lord, who's committed to him as, the, as their king, um, will be there. And they'll be the complete versions of themselves with none of the ugliness. Hmm. They'll always be in a spirit-led type description. And that's just going to be awesome to see. Mm-hmm. You know, So I really look forward to that. So that's one of the sweets is realizing, man, I've got this amazing potential. Uh, of doing these really cool things, you know, uh, and you get to do that, which makes me think, by the way, as you're as you're trying to process through this and make this transformation and be more spirit led, it's to do it out of obligation won't be as effective as to do it out of motivation. Hmm. Hmm. And so, with that understanding that what you know, what are some of the benefits that come from this, um, you're going to find more resiliency uh, in dealing with life mm-hmm. as you become more more spirit led uh, and and are. are balance with your magnet your external magnets yeah um you're going to have more freedom um you are going to be stronger and more honed and so you're going to be more impactful and that's just really cool and so when i think about that i'm like man so more resilient and more free and more honed and strong and more impactful i really like those things so that will motivate me to push past the difficulties right in making that transformation yeah. Um, and then as far as external magnets go, one of the sours there is recognizing that just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you don't have to engage them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the simpler, less mature way out. And so realizing that, ah, oh, I got to engage these negative magnets. Um, can, it's a good thing. It can be a sour. Uh, and then one of the sweets is, but I also have these positive magnets that I can actually spend time in, right? Mm-hmm. I can actually seek them out and, and celebrate them. Yeah. And so secondly, what if people are having trouble identifying uh, just either the flesh and spirit dichotomy or the good and bad magnets? Yeah, so like we've said kind of each time we do this, there could be a timing to that 
Um, you're just not quite at a place to figure all that out. So you can just wait on the timing and ask, answer this another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if the timing's good um, and you can hear God in prayer, let God kind of lead you on that and 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 impress upon you, right? one of the Christianese terms, yeah. um, but impress upon you how he might answer that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just people that you know really well. You can be asking them what they think. You know, hey, when I'm totally in the flesh, is there like a certain phrase that I always say, like, you know, mm. idiot, you know, or whatever, yeah. or a certain action that I take or something? Or when you see me totally in the spirit, I'm doing the right thing, you know, yeah. um, what, what is one of those? And that, that can be some really, really good feedback. And then a f- kind of a follow-up question to that. Would you say that if people are having difficulty starting, that it would be good to just kind of list things, um, maybe not as extreme, but start going with more general and then just kind of branch out? Sure, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah, they could do that, yeah. And then... Lastly, what are we supposed to do in regards to other people's results? So same. this is all the same answers, right, that, that we, keep, we keep putting to these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing that everybody has their spirit-flesh dichotomy and everybody has their positive magnets and negative magnets. It's, yeah. it's how we are. Everybody's wired with those. And so while there is a tempering and, and improving of those, there's usually not drastical. Drastical. <laughs> It's a good word. There's usually not dra- wow. There's usually not drastic uh, changes in that. Sure. Um, and man, I just squirreled. I was thinking about Lord of the Rings again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so 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 that's you know we need to respect and accept who people are to an extent as they're tempering that. Mm-hmm. So so when you see somebody, it's really cool to think. You know what? They do have a spirit led version of them. I wonder what that looks like. Ask that question, you know, and encourage sure. them in that. And then, and of course, they also, and a lot of times the their flesh, Mr. Hyde, is much more apparent than their Dr. Jekyll, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so you just remind yourself, ah, oh, you know what, this is their muddy field. This is their Mr. Hyde. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't make it okay. Mm-hmm. But we all have that Mr. Hyde in us to different degrees and different different ways. Yeah. Um, and so be patient with that. Um, and you need to be, you need to have a certain role in, in their life to even be able to help them with that, mm-hmm. um, but to try to help them through that. And then as far as the external magnets, um, if you know your personality style is one of their their negative magnets there's not a lot you can do about that mm-hmm. you can temper yourself a little bit to try to kind of keep it i've got a buddy of mine that we're, we're definitely we're very similar in some ways very opposite in other ways and so a lot of times um his my, my personality is a negative negative magnet of his mm-hmm. and then that triggers some of his stuff that he many fields that there's a negative magnet of mine and so when we're both in the flesh it's ugly sure. you know kind of thing um and so just realizing that and, and kind of thinking through that can be can be very helpful yeah and so if you guys have any other questions feel free to just send us an email at info at rekindlingministries.com or visit the website at rekindlingministries.org mm-hmm. and hopefully this this series has been good for you guys if you have any feedback of um, just this being helpful or not. We'd love to hear that too. Uh, so feel free to get a hold of us and we'll try and address anything that you guys might have. Yeah. And, you know, I just realized a lot of times we don't at the end of these say what the next episode is. We, we probably should include that. So, so hope you enjoyed it. Um, and so the next episode is going to be on the dreams and goals that you have hmm. and, and identifying those into, into different categories. So come back and listen to the, to the next episode to, uh, to hear about those. And then also if you're like Zach and you have, seen Lord of the Rings, (laughs) please go see that. So cool. Thanks guys.